His name is wonderful. I will, uh, you have to have the slides up there. I didn't bring the remote. I will try to endeavor to just finish a couple of slides. I know we've already had a a great move of the Holy Ghost and uh, I am thankful for what the Lord has done in the service. This is a, we were talking about memorial stones. We were talking about Joshua and how that when he got uh, out in chapter five, um, what these stones testified of in slide number 18, they testified to the mercy and grace of God They testified to the faithfulness of God, the power of God, the deliverance of God, a place of rest, a place of separation. And you know what? That's what we can testify of. When you, wherever you are, at school, on the job, you testify to the mercy of God. You testify to the grace of God. You testify to the delivering power of God. You testify to being able to have the rest of God. What do you mean that I can, in the midst of a storm, I can have peace? In the midst of whatever, everything's going wrong, I can have, believe in the power of God. And, and then, of course, we talked about separation in Colossians where it talks about baptism is a form of circumcision. And Paul explained that, how that the Lord blotted out the handwriting of the ordinances against us, which was contrary to us, taking it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. And then... What the Lord said unto Joshua is almost amazing. After they went through the circumcision and Joshua slide, let's see, that um, uh, Joshua chapter 5 verse 9, slide 21. And the Lord said unto Joshua, this day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt off of you. And I I mentioned this morning, that's what Gilgal means, the moment that the roll away. And you know what? And and therefore it says, wherefore the name of the place is called Gilgal unto this day, meaning that it rolled away. I I want you to know, and and I'm sure every one of us have been things, done things, said things, had actions, spirits, attitudes, whatever, and it feels so good to just come under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and let it roll away. And oh, hallelujah. If you're struggling with something, I want to tell you, even if it's just for 30 minutes of the service or an hour, if you will just enter in and raise your hands and let the Spirit, it will roll the burdens away. It'll take away, you know, you'll still have bills, you'll still have problems, but for a moment you'll sit down in heavenly places and you'll feel the rest and refreshing of Almighty God. That's the gift for the memorial stones. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month. So four days after they started to then they kept the Passover. And then it said they did eat the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover. Unleavened cakes, parched corn in the selfsame day. What are you saying? And then all of a sudden after the Lord rolls things away off of you, your diet is supposed to change. 
And you say, well, does that mean I what, go carb-free or keto? No. There should be a love for the Word of God. There should be a love for the things of God. Your diet is supposed to change. All the stuff, you know, and, and our society is full of all that. And he said they did eat the old corn of the land. Now, these were people, only two of them had been born in Egypt, Joshua and Caleb. Only two of them knew what onions were like. Only two of them knew what parched grain was like. They ate manna every day. These kids that crossed into the Jordan River were kids that were born in the wilderness. They were under 20 years of age. And so their diet they had never had, a loaf of bread, they had never had corn on the cob. They had never had any of those foods that the other people longed for, leeks and onions. You say, well, Pastor, what does that mean? I'm here to tell you that there should be a transition in what you like what you've been eating. Oh, you say, well, they went from manna down to parched corn. But what that symbolized was that now you're home and you're going to eat something different. You're not going to be traveling anymore. You're out of the wilderness now. And so then what was amazing, Joshua is looking around. Next slide. He goes around looking and he's saying, you know, Lord, and they get, they camp from Gilgal and it's a short placed up there to Jericho and they go to Jericho and he's looking up his eye at his look his eyes lifting up his eyes and look and there he's looking at Jericho and you know Joshua is worried you know Joshua's concerned you know Joshua's feeling the weight of I'm going to have to battle now now it's the fight we've crossed Jericho I wonder he's I'm no doubt going through all this stuff in his mind and all of a sudden he sees a man standing with a sword in his hand and Joshua asks the same question that we oftentimes ask and it's the wrong question. But the enemy tries to get us to ask this question all the time. And the question was that he said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? That's the question. In other words, God, why am I going through this? God, what are you doing? God, why me? Are you really love me or are you against me? Are you for me? Are you my friend? Have I done something wrong? God, why am I going? Huh? Anybody ever ask that question? That's what Joshua said. Art thou for us or against us? And all of a sudden this man turns around and says these words. No. Now that doesn't make a lot of sense. Are you for me or against me? No. Are you my friend? Or are you somebody? No. What was he saying is, that's the wrong question. No. You're asking the wrong question. I'm the captain of the host of the Lord. And I'm here. What are you saying? <laughs> What is, how was Joshua's response? He hit the floor. Imagine, you say, Lord, I don't know if you love me. And if God would ever show up, he's going to say, no. No, what? Stop that. 
You're asking the wrong question. I'm the captain. It's not about am I for you or am I against you. It's are you in my army. If you're in my army, I'm the captain. <laughs> you don't have to worry about anything. You're not serving yourself anyway. I'm trying to live for God. After I've crossed through the Jordan River, now it's not, it's not about whether what I want to do anymore. It, it is like, you know, here it is. Next slide. He is looking at these formidable walls and he is saying, I, I, I don't know whether we're going to live in the promised land or conquer. The, I, I don't know if I've got the strength to do it. I don't know if I can make it. I don't know. And, and all of a sudden, it is not about where is God why hasn't God I don't understand Lord why you're doing it is am I on the Lord's side if I'm on the Lord's side then everything's alright he's the captain of the host of the armies of Israel it's not about where who's on my side it's about am I on his side because if he's in charge he's responsible Everything's going to be all right. But you see what happens is I get to worrying about, well, God, are you for me or are you against me? Lord, are you on my side? Lord, do you want me? To, huh? It's not about whether God's on. He's not on your side. Am I on his side? That was the main question. And what Paul said in Romans, the third chapter, he said, you see, in this hour, Paul understood. Next slide, last slide. He said, for what if some do not believe? I know we've got a lot of unbelievers in the world today. What if some don't believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? Because somebody says, I don't think there's a heaven. I don't think there's a hell. I don't think there's anything to the Holy Ghost. I don't think that all that, does that make the Holy Ghost less effective? Uh-uh. That's what Paul was saying. For he said, God forbid, yes, yea, let God be true. God, what God said is true. If what somebody else says or what the enemy tries to make me feel doesn't measure up with what God said, everything else is a lie. Amen. For it is written that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. What is he saying? When the enemy says, this is going to get you, you're not going to come up from this one, this one's going to destroy you. I'm telling you, that's the biggest lie. My God, I, I, oh, I may burn, but you know what? My God is still able. I don't know if I'll come through this fiery furnace, but God is able. I don't know what's going to, but I can tell you one thing. God is able. I know who the captain of the host of the armies of Israel is and all I need to do is do what we're doing here tonight is fall down or raise my hands and begin to worship him. You say, well, and the angel told him, remove your shoes and the Bible says Joshua just bam, 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 boom, off, shoes. Worship, okay, Why? Is that going to make any difference? I don't know. He asked me to enter into his gates with thanksgiving, his courts. 
Am I serving in his army? Well, I don't really feel like it tonight. I don't know, we got any soldiers here? Tell me what that's like. Try it on your commanding officer. I don't really feel like marching this morning, sir. Huh? I don't really feel like carrying the backpack, sir. He said, come in rejoicing, come in, huh? Ask, I, it's not are you for me or against me, God. It's am I serving in your army, Lord? Oh, and when I'm serving in his army, then everything's going to be all right. It doesn't matter what's coming my way because it's not my responsibility to deal with it. I can tell you I'm not serving myself. You don't understand. One day I was buried in the name. I came through the water. I came through circumcision. I came through the Jordan River. I I came through the rest. My burdens were rolled away. And now I'm serving the God of all the, the captain of the host of the armies of Israel. I don't know what he's going to do tomorrow. I don't know what he's going to do next week. But what I do know is he's not out of control yet. I don't know what Trump will do. I don't know what the Democrats will do. I don't know what.